Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. We're on fire, baby. So, yeah, so uh, I don't know about sponsorships and anything of that, if that's going to happen anytime soon, but uh, I'm trying to attract more guests, get different people, kind of your words of your advice when you've been on here before. Uh, but anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't even introduce my man, Big John Dub, bringing that big dick energy back <laughs> today. Salutations. He's uh, on the show before, been a while, but he, he came and he is found back on here. He is back, baby. So, Dude, I am. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, man. Anytime. Uh, but yeah, so uh, like we were talking before. Uh, yeah, you know, just um, trying to expand the horizons more, uh, getting a few more fillers out there. Uh, you know, uh, I've, I've had a few doctors on, and that's been pretty uh, enlightening to talk to, actually. And uh, if you, uh, I got a couple more lined up here in the next few weeks, and uh, another author. And so, yeah, dude. Um, I like the uh, the one doctor you had on there. He described himself as a cerebral proctologist and i was like good i'm a butthole bludgeoner <laughs> i act like an asshole i'm like there it is yeah dr jeremy he, he was he was a cool dude i i really enjoyed talking to him he's a uh, man the way his brain works i, I felt you know i even told him like mid-conversation like, i don't think i can be in this conversation right now but man he was that's how we grow that's how we grow of course you can be there you gotta get out of that comfort zone you gotta get out yeah. of it a lot of people don't realize that but you do so, toast, buddy. Yeah. So, uh, what do you what do you got there? So I have a, a adult beverage mm. from the Kung Fu Ballet series, known as Clown Shoes, Luchador at Sunrise, Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon barrels with cinnamon, vanilla, ancho, and chipotle chilies. It's not bad. Chipotle chilies. Okay. Um. Well, I just got a little glass of red wine here, and. If I finish that and we're still talking and we're still moving and grooving, I, I always got my Buffalo Trace here, so pour me a little glass of that, man. Get that little whiskey fix on there. You're more of a Scotch guy, is that right? Or Scotch, whiskey, Irish whiskey. Uh, I mean, if it's, uh, if it's brown, I'm down. 
Is that is that always how it's been for you? Uh, you know, I always. All right, well, here's a good. Here's what I guess I'm asking is that I know a lot of uh, a few older people who tell me they can't drink dark liquor anymore, and it's only clear liquor. Yeah, it's because they're rowdy. They okay. like star fights. Okay. Uh, you know, for me, you know, grow, growing up, cough. You know, after the age of 21, obviously, no underage drinking here, right? So uh, never. You know, not in college either when we were hanging out. No. So, you know, when I first started in alcohol, of course, I enjoyed the, the sweeter, lighter beverages. You know, you start out with uh, Aristocrats, you know, uh, God, what is it? Uh, blue, uh, blue Ribbon, Paps Blue Ribbon. The Paps. I have no idea how they won a Blue Ribbon, but obviously it was garbage. But... You know, you start out with these things, and then you either acquire a taste for better or for worse into, you know, your wines, your beers, your liquors, not at all. You know, uh, for instance, the other, my backup drink is actually uh, Junshan, which is a hard kombucha. And I got into that because I like the whole kick of, you know, getting your low-calorie seltzer water, but also didn't want to get into uh, drinking this kind of ratty taste and shit. So uh, Junshan makes a very attractive lineup of hard kombucha. And I was like, all right. So I drink it. And now that I've set it on the show, I'm probably going to have difficulty finding it in the stores. That's what I'm Yeah. I said something about uh, Jefferson's in episode seven, I think. And I was like, oh, yeah. Good memory, dude. Went to uh, Blacksburg to uh, grab some. Shit was sold out. And I was like, there obviously people are listening. Yeah. They're uh, – they're wanting to know what we think. So there you are. Well, speaking of sponsorship stuff, I'm waiting for that one day that Buffalo Trace or Jack Daniels or even Jefferson's would like to see us on the inter- on the old interweb and slide in the DM. But, hey, man, we heard you drink whiskey on a podcast. Here's a bottle. Like, yeah. Drink it on your next one. Yeah, put it up uh, on the shelf. You know, uh, one of the podcasters uh, that was doing some gaming uh, was paid ten grand to put a Snickers bar on the table in the back just so that there's brand recognition there. Ten grand, that's not bad. I mean, dude, I'm hungry for a Snickers already. Yeah, I, I like Snickers. Uh, actually, in our, my last competition, speaking of, uh, James and I competed, and we were actually – I think we ate two or three that day. We would eat a Snickers bar after each workout. There you go. And those just get the sugar back into our muscles. Um, nope. Sugar protein – Hard rush, compact. Then I mean, it's a good traveling fuel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a lot of pros do that too. And that's I guess we were listening to a one pro, uh, one guy, Matt Fraser. He's the number one CrossFit athlete, and or was he's retired now. But that's basically what he was talking about. What he his trainers and coaches would have him do. So, man, yep. allergies are killing me tonight. Usain Bolt would eat like forty McDonald's chicken nuggets or something before he ran just to get the calories he needed. Really. I haven't was, heard of that. I've heard of other athletes just eating, uh, like Chad Ochocinco, he eats McDonald's a lot, but he's just not always eating McDonald's, but he does. He'll crush it, apparently. But Well, speaking of that, and dude, all the, I mean, I've never – huh? Go ahead. I was say, my bad. Apparently, he ate an estimated 1,000 chicken nuggets, 100 per day over 10 days at the last Olympics. I'm going to put that in the 1,000 chicken yeah. nuggets? While he was in Beijing. I don't. I don't understand how that's even possible. Dude, a hundred a day, and 
you, know, you, you think about these high performing athletes, people like Michael Phelps, who had an eight to 10,000 calorie diet and people are like, Oh, I can, I can train like that. And they start eating a bunch. It's like, you do know he was in a pool for six to eight hours a day also. Right. Like, the, trust me, the food wasn't the starting point guys. Man, that's hard to wrap my mind around, man. That's, that's impressive. But what, what I wanted to ask though, is that, you know, a lot of, you said we were talking earlier before we got recording here, and you said something about the war on drugs. And oh yeah, so uh, 2020 uh, war on drugs. We'd like to congratulate, of course, drugs. Uh, they uh, have a substantial foothold and are winning. And then of course 2021. Now that uh, we have backed out of Afghanistan, uh, the CIA trained Taliban reports numerous successes, and then 2021 the terrorists have won. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a big year for them. It was almost that, you know, the war on drugs was just systematic racism, and now we've all came into legalizing some of the drugs that we thought was these hardcore drugs, you know, such as, you know, weed and psychedelics and cocaine, and which I've never experienced any of those, so I can't really subjectively talk about that, but uh, but now, you know, some states have legalized it, and... But I was I, my point was that when we were talking about dark liquor versus clear right there is that you know I can just go down to the old ABC store get a bottle of that tin high and do as much damage <laughs> as yeah do as much damage as I can I feel like with other ones I mean I don't I mean, know you can definitely do damage that that was rock gut and I'll be honest with you there's uh, there's no amount of alcohol I could consume beforehand to try to soberly take a shot of that but. You know, at the same time, it uh, carried me through a lot of college days. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that was the uh, the narrative. You know, in college, you know, half of us are all you know broke and just you know working. The other half are near broke. Yeah, just working to get to uh, just to pay the rent and whatever bills we had. And the rest of it was just like, all right, who uh, are we going in halves on a keg or what are we getting tonight for the party? What's up? And then, you know, you go see a ten dollar bottle of liquor. I mean. There you are. Looks it's pretty party, good. Party in a bottle for ten dollars. Yeah. So I mean, that was, you know, like I said, the narrative in, in uh, college for us. You know, speaking of it, and, you know, we never went crazy on. Yeah, you know, maybe we, it seems like we did for a while try to get Jameson a little bit, but uh, so like yeah, that was, that was the big ticket items was Jameson and occasionally a, a keg of Yingling. There you go. Holland. Yeah. But uh, dude, if I've had a keg of Keystone, I've had. 50 i mean it was definitely you know it was affordable it was delicious it wasn't the silver bullet but it was near enough to it and it it ran through and people were picking it up you know radford i think uh what were the years that of 7-eleven broke two records at radford one was for the most beer sold in a year and the most beer sold in a day well it's got to be before 2009 um Probably during Quad Fest. Folks who don't know what Quad Fest was that went to Rafford, it was uh, what around 420, um, that Thursday of 420 through the whole Sunday, maybe sometimes Wednesday. It was just a giant, huge party on, on camp. Well, kind of, yeah, it was kind of on campus and on the outer parts it, too, as well. It, it bled into campus, but it was all light side, dark side. It was good times. There was a lot of good times. And then, uh, Penelope Call decided that she was going to, which I guess, it, you know, it's probably a bad image for a, a university, which is not the, you know, I'm not advocating for partying and that we should be doing this, but you should be 
drink responsibly as always, but um, I think I guess that's how you know Radford got its name, obviously. But now that it's gone, I mean, Radford's not really even known for anything. I feel like. Well, you know, we had a really good year our freshman year. We came into uh, the rugby team. Actually, sorry, the rugby club being yeah, uh, the number one in the nation. Yep. And, you know, they weren't sponsored by Radford. They're a club that went and did it. So talking about a, a really, you know, uh, what do you call that, rags to riches sort of, you know, coming up and really kind of you know, giving it story. It started from the bottom of the yeah, I'm surprised nobody's uh, done a movie on that. You know, remember the Titans and stuff like that, where you know, it's a team of you know, ragtag, uh, what is it, Mighty Ducks, you know, shit like that. Yeah. You know, nobody's done, you know, the, the Radford Rugby Club that went on to get a national championship uh, unfunded by a college. Like, that's uh, some pretty heavy stuff. And whoever's watching this and takes that idea, uh, I only want you to uh, send me, a, my boy here, a bottle of uh, very nice whiskey, $100 enough, thank you. <laughs> Is it because rugby is not a popular? I don't. I feel like rugby is not a popular sport in Southwest Virginia, um, and, and neither is lacrosse. Um, I only know a handful of people who've played, but I think they were from Northern Virginia. And I got one buddy who grew up in uh, Montgomery County, and he played lacrosse. But you know, my high school we didn't even have lacrosse and, or rugby. I don't even know if I'd heard of rugby till I got to college, or maybe I heard of it, but I just never really knew anything about it. It was kind of oh, like hockey was, for me, uh, I guess. Oh, you played hockey? No, no, no. I didn't play hockey, but I remember being little, and Roanoke had a minor league team. I guess it was a minor league team uh, for hockey. And at the Civic Center, we would randomly would go up there and watch a, a game. And But I didn't know what was going on. The only thing I knew was that a fight might break out and people got hit up against the glass. And so what you just said, whatever I saw in the Mighty Ducks, shout out Gordon Bombay. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, less crazy shame. Exactly. So, you know, it, growing up too, I think we had the uh, the Holy Trinity, which is uh, American football, basketball, and baseball. And people were like, "What's soccer?" Like uh, here they call it football, other places, so we don't care about it. You know, we uh, we had a good cross country team. I mean, our football team consistently was top three in the state every year for fifteen years. To tell everybody where you are, which high school. Well, I guess you don't want to tell them which high school, what your Gate area. Gate City, Virginia. Okay, there you go. But, uh, yeah, the Gate City Blue Devils were, I mean, consistent powerhouses in football. I uh, probably had one of, I mean, our weightlifting facility. Until I went to Radford College, I'd never seen anything better. Like most private gyms that you would join a membership for, you're like, oh, that's not too bad. Not, not quite like the field house, though. But, you know, people – we're saying, oh, you know, why are you spending this kind of money at a school for the football team? It's like, well, the football team more than pays for itself. And it's the same pros and uh, college. For sure. It's like, why, why does Virginia Tech spend, you know, 10, 20, I don't know how many millions on coaching staff and equipment? It's like, well, because what they do for, like, putting butts in the seats, you know, 2020 notwithstanding, and just bringing in that kind of revenue, you know, it's, uh, would you pay a dollar to make two? Of course you would. That, it's a no-brainer. And people are really big sports enthusiasts in this whole country. You know, we can't uh, we can't really glamorize or uh, glorify going overseas and uh, having you know a uh, a battle against you know we we don't have the big bads anymore like we did in the eighties or you know in the sixties you know Vietnam Russia I mean China's kind of the big bad but it's more of a well they're the big bad but we really like their cheap shit 
So we don't have any way to uh, glorify the any kind of struggle or opposition except for sports, and we have taken it in spades. Yeah. So a couple thoughts on that. That when you know I did an internship for strength conditioning uh, basketball school in Sarasota, Florida, right fresh out of high school, not high school, college, and. You know, like Texas and Florida, they take sports like that seriously. Like some of the high schools down there, yeah, yeah, their stadiums are as big as a college's uh, football stadium or and or basketball uh, arena. And yeah, and like I was just amazed by how much you know you're talking about. You know, you know, you didn't see anything that big until you got to Radford University. But in high schools, you know, that's a big money attraction right there. You know, and there's a lot of pride and and and. And I'm, I, you know, I'm all about it by, you know, because you know, money, you know, it attracts money, and attracts right. a, it attracts a lot of attention. Top, uh, top five in Virginia, and usually makes a uh, national headway every year. And then, like you said, you know, when you get to the university level, you know, some of those, if you're in a top twenty-five team, all that money that's usually is probably what's paying for academic buildings and or yeah, and or more. And you know, a lot of people shit on it. You know that you know we, we could get into how athletes should get paid or should not get paid, and what coaches are making. I think you know Nick Saban's one of the highest paid coaches, and or not highest, but the probably the highest paid college football coach, but also the highest paid government employee in Alabama. I think that might make sense. Oh, so he gets technically paid as a government employee. Yeah, so uh, you know it's a state I, state government. So, well, so and colleges split up things in a different way. I know. Uh, it was a guy that went to Michigan, um, but he came from the pros. Tons of them, dude. Uh, recently, though, Harborough? Jim? Yeah. Yeah, Jim Harborough? So um, he he turned down a like a $6 million a year contract to go and coach for $8 million, and this was seven years ago. I mean, you're, you're talking about coaches, you know, they get uh, blamed either way for the success or the loss. But they're uh, – there's the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, they to make so, sure. Um, but, you know, you're talking about people that are crushing the numbers in terms of what they get paid per year. Now, of course, you know, do they work a 40-hour week? No. I mean, you're talking about people that are putting in 80, 90, 100. I mean, it's their life. They're – when they're not, you know, working with the teams, they're doing team building, they're doing, you know, uh, sponsorships, viewing, because, yeah – Sponsorship, you take that, we opened up with sponsorship. You know, a winning team uh, in football, like Nike, will pay them to put a little check on their uh, jerseys and their cleats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, you're making that kind of money. And what does it do? It helps you fund your academic pursuits. And I want to segue out into something I'm excited about, esports. So Radford has an esports program now, and I'm pumped. A lot of universities are going in that direction. Oh. I, I went to a seminar in one of my when I was working in Rec Sports uh, at Radford about how esports was growing and how a lot of universities were giving out scholarships for esports now. And I was like, amped for it. I was like, do it. I mean, dude, if they uh, if when I was going to college, if they would paid me to play video games and then subsequently jerk off, I mean, I could have probably funded world uh, like I don't know cancer cures. Could have uh, figured out how to get my doctorates and uh you know political justification for whatever the fuck it is i want to do because i just made all the money yeah. just playing well, well i mean well think about it i mean you know we we basically you know you and i roger matt and the whole 
Radford University crew. We, I mean, video games is one of the things that brought us together, and we it keeps us together. And, too. And it, yeah, I mean, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, I was telling, uh, I forgot who it was, James, I think, down at the gym. That like usually that's my Friday and Saturday night, late night, that we get on there and connect back with each other and yep. just talk. And but like, if we would have had opportunities to play video games in college and actually, you know, have some type of scholarship to actually pay for our tuition, been all okay. about it. I mean, why not? Would have been drinking a little better than Tin High. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. But I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it's one thing that you know, we're, we're, we were passionate about, and that we were. We still kind of well, we don't. I don't play as much as I used to, but uh, so yeah, I mean, you get on uh, from time to time. I do too. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you find that passion, and if you enjoy playing it, you know, it's just like you're saying that, you know, if you go to you know, work's not work if it's something you really enjoy doing every day. Right. And there's a lot of people who can't find that passion, but I guess what my point is that if we would have found something like that, that you know, it brought us together. We enjoyed playing it. Plus, it was also not only helping ourselves, you know, contribute back to the university, but contribute to our skills. I mean, it's a win-win, and exactly. it, it's a huge industry too. I mean, it's only going to keep growing. Oh, I mean, there's you know, right now, like as everybody can tell, probably from this round, obviously, I look a whole lot better just from a camera perspective because, you know, I'm looking to get into that whole extreme and talking, trying to be more like my man, Chris Sheeler, talk to people, figure things out, you know, move forward with that. So all that being said, you know, there's an industry, there's a want, there's a desire, tons of people are streaming, tons of people are doing, you know, like video games, podcasts, uh, YouTube videos on how to do it. TikTok. And, oh, dude, TikTok for uh for real you know buddy of mine uh has over a a million view or followers on tiktok he's a funny guy is he doing dance moves or what's is oh he uh he does uh comedy just uh life scenarios stuff like that is uh you know uh, one big al i'll uh shout him out in uh the next little bit send that in the old email you know me but uh yeah he's he's doing big things and you're talking about a guy that's uh, just working to uh, make it happen. Do you fuck with TikTok yeah. a lot? Have you ever? So uh, I did when it first came out, and now I'm kind of getting back into it just because it's, uh, I guess, also relevant, but there's not the. Uh, so TikTok had a lot of negative press due to it being Chinese origin right. and everything goes to Beijing. And they're like, hey, well, you're capturing all of our data. Fun fact. All companies capture all your data all the time. We talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. If people knew what they were giving away for free, I'm pretty sure they would just start walking around naked because there's at no point that you do not expose yourself. You know, being able to get on here, talk about the show, you know, my mom was asking, and this, this is a divergent, I'll come back. But she's like, you know, how do you go out here and you know be able to talk to people and they know some of your personal business? I'm like, everybody knows your personal business if they care to look. At no point in time can you not pull up Google and say, ah, who is this person? Unless you have specific skills and have really focused on putting yourself as a second or third pseudonym that you've hidden yourself, you have hidden addresses, information, money, like you, you can't hide. There's people who are going to find you. There's quite frankly, the best part about the internet is that people are bored and they want shit to do and they love the challenge. So they're going to find out who you are. They're going to find out what you're doing. They're going to find out what you make, where you live, etc. So there's really no privacy anymore for someone who wants to be successful. And you take um, all the female 
celebs, uh, like 2018, 2019, when they had all of their accounts hacked. And there's a lot of uh, very private photos released of these celebrities. And people were like, oh my God, how did this happen? It's like, honestly, how did it take so long? And obviously it's kind of, you know, tie into the back of, yeah, do I fuck with TikTok? Sure. You know, I, I didn't for a while because I was a little frustrated at the idea that, you know, China was getting all of my information without me being able to get any of it back. But now they're really providing a, a good user base feedback. They give you the information, you know, you're checking the metrics on what you're uploading to. I, by the way, I did like all your videos on Spotify. Shout out for that. And, uh, you know, I've, of course, I'm a huge fan. Not first time subscriber for YouTube. <laughs> and, uh, you know, being able to see those, be on those platforms, but also from a content provider, what you're able to get from it for an information perspective, like how many people are clicking? What's my abandonment rates? What are people really trying to dig into? Right. You know, getting that information now, TikTok, they're like, okay, fine. You can have your information. I was like, sure, great. And you know what? Quite frankly, I can putz around, spin anywhere from you know a five-minute shit to a 30-minute downtime. Check out some funny videos from people who are creating everything from do-it-yourself profanity videos because they're just sick and tired of people asking dumb shit to people who are experiencing, you know, real life uh, events. And, you know, it's, it's nice being able to see that full gambit. There's a, uh, there's a girl who has uh, Tourette's with uh, specific uh, tics and uh, I don't, I don't remember her name. I'll try to look it up and throw it out later. Uh, so what she does, she goes on, like she's trying to create awareness for people who have legitimate Tourette's. It's not like when Parkman or Cartman in South Park Eric Cartman. was like, hey, hey, hey. no, like she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to bring awareness. So like, she's talking about herself. And of course, sometimes she'll just say profanity and, you know, TikTok will look at it like, Hey, you know, you're kind of breaking our guidelines. She's like, Hey, this is who I am. And it's, uh, you know, she's growing in her numbers. And I think it's a fantastic way for people to say, you know what? I want to be more self-aware of things that are going on for one, two minutes. And if I want to know more about it, obviously you have Google. I think this is the third or fourth time I've said it's the Alexandria. It's the library of Alexandria right there in front of you. And people are too fucking lazy to sort through hundreds of thousands of page notes and information to say, ah, you know, that's good. But I digress. I mean, you you even don't even have to go through hundreds of thousands of pages. If you know exactly what you're looking for, I mean, Google pretty much has it narrowed down to first top five pages you got, you know, you interact with. That's probably going to give you the answer you're looking for. And then you can go down a rabbit hole from there. Uh, that's usually what happens with me that, okay, I found this out. So, you know, you talked about, you know, the Alexandria Library and didn't, uh, was part of that burned up at one point? And we, we lost thing. some scrolls. Yeah. Lost uh, a shitload of knowledge. It was like something like 90 or 95% of all of the world's knowledge up until that point was lost because they, like, their whole thing was we're just collecting scrolls and information right. yeah. and we want to know all about history. So, and they would let people come in and check it out, like, not leave with it, but you, you had a repository of places you could go and find this out. Well, now you don't physically have to go anywhere. And the best part is you have backups upon backups of all the information. So unless there's like an EMP that comes from the sun that goes, boom, shuts everything off. 
then we have to figure out how to hunt for burritos in the wild. You know, <laughs> do you think uh, that'll be maybe a natural disaster? We should be not. I don't even know if that's a natural disaster, but something we should be worried about in the future. EMPs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're just you know, what if a solar flare hits the electrical grid and we're kind of going off topic? I had more questions about. Uh, the Alexandria Library, but anyway, but just the way my mind's going right now. But oh, uh, well, I don't know. It's something to think we'll about. Though. I mean, what 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 yeah. if, dude? What if you know? So, so I, like, I wouldn't know what the fuck. Yeah, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do if something took down the uh, the old Google and I had to look something up. Like, well, well my brain remembers some shit. Well, you you get to the point that it people ultimately would fight, struggle, survive, and reestablish small government communities. You know, if you take the synopsis of every season of The Walking Dead, and more more so the comics than the actual show, but if you take that and just boil it down, it's basically a roadmap. So what you- happens is people start going crazy and going, oh shit, I don't have things. And then they're like, okay, I can, I can scavenge. Yeah. And scavenging works for a certain amount of time. And after you've scavenged everything, you, and at least your local area, you start becoming a roving pack. Now it's either a pack of one or a pack of few or a pack of many. And then, you know, what do you do to get what you need to survive? And people, you know, talk about like, what is the morality of this? But ultimately it becomes, do you, are you willing to starve or are you willing to start a civilization? That, that's really what it comes down to. And then you have people that are like, okay, we're going to band together. We're going to start growing crops. We're going to start having more of like a social um, interaction to be able to say this is your specific job because now you're trying to get efficiencies. This is why like no college has people that can do everything. No workplace has people that can do everything. No even home has people that can do everything. People have knowledge of what's going on, but you have special skills because through repetition, just like automation, <clears throat> you get efficiencies, gains, and ability to do things. So you have people that are farming, people that are providing protection, people that are providing government, things like that. So ultimately it comes back into small government, grows from there. But yeah, the MP hits, just if you know somebody that knows how to grow corn, bruh, holler at them. Dude, that's that's part of the reason why, you know, I, I try to pick up bow hunting. I mean, well, I haven't hunted yet, but I started shooting bow. Uh, this year because it was something I was I've always been interested in but it was also something that you know during this pandemic it taught me a lot and I try to learn more about myself and learn what you know Christian wanted out of his life and what you know his morals and values were I'm talking to myself in the third person which that kind of right, right. I don't really like doing that but I did it anyway but yeah that was part of like you know what if you know grocery stores shut down and say hey you got to go get your own food now like but well, you have, uh, well, you have like, like, yeah, like like you said, where's a burrito in the woods at? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, you think about that, and from an American perspective, it's almost unheard of that we wouldn't have basic utilities, water, electricity. You know, people were freaking out because they couldn't wipe their ass with toilet paper. I'm like, do you guys not have washcloths and the ability to wring them out? Like you, you have to have that kind of secondary thought process. And it's laughable when you think about some of the stuff that's happening in foreign countries. You think of Syria, where people are traveling from their homes and they're trying, like these refugees, that happened. It's not necessarily an EMP, but now they've lost everything. And, you know, they're, I don't know what kind of uh, burrito or wrap they're trying to find, but, you know, they're starving. They're trying to get through. And, you know, the, it's the, uh, the tug on the heartstrings that happens when people are like, oh, you know, what about the southern border issues? 
And it's like, okay, well, we have people who are trying to come in and some of them are good, some of them are bad. So we have a legal process and people want to talk about how the process does or doesn't work. And not going to delve into that for you today, but it's, you know, having the basic needs is not something that is universal on planet earth. We've as Americans take it for granted because quite frankly, you know, we bitch about, uh, quite frankly, you know, not having a 40 hour work week, we should have something less more European. Well, Europeans have basically kind of kicked around the ball the better part of a couple thousand years, you know, um, buddy of mine was talking about in India, how people say that they're, they're putting the placards up on buildings that are three and 400 years old. He's like, my, my temple is 6,000 years old. How the, how the hell is this old? Yeah, and really. he, he was legitimately asking because he was confused. He said 300 years. He's like, that's not even worth mentioning. And, you know, we have a lot of access to a lot of fantastic things in this country. You know, uh, first of all, it's not Australia. Fuck a lot of living there. Um, everything there can kill you. You know, mostly here we have uh, bears, cougars, uh, bobcats can fuck you up, but it's like my guy that got attacked by the, or the woman got attacked by a rabid bobcat uh, in South Carolina. I haven't heard that. Shoot it. And, um, you know, that, but these are things that happen. You know, we don't have any super dangerous, um, you know, I, we have moose in the north. Like, not a lot of things that are out there to actively kill you. And so it's a, it's a good country to be in. We have a good infrastructure and a lot of very positive opportunities here. So you, know, you, you take it with a grain of salt. You know, you, uh, you want things obviously to be better, but we have a pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're living in one That's of the my best. Soapbox. Sorry. No, you're fine, dude. We're, we're living in probably the best time to be alive. You know, like we've been talking about the whole time right now, you know, just in the palm of your hand, you have access to any information that you want at any given moment. And then you can also connect with any person at any time in a span of seconds, you know, just with a tweet, a Facebook message, an Instagram or whatever. But what I wanted to talk to you about was that, uh, you know, you were talking about Syria and refugees that did you, uh, so Joe Rogan had, oh, shout out, to, shout out to Joe Rogan, obviously. But uh, he had, I think her name was Enomi Parks. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. So one of his most recent podcasts is that she is from North Syria. Not North Syria, North Korea. What's her name again? Uh, Enomi Parks? Probably if you type in Parks. Was there, uh, like why? Naomi Parks? Something like that. So. Red attorney from COVID? Uh, COVID. They, uh, she's a she's skating. You North know Korea. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm opening up the Spotify now just to uh, be able to pull it off. All right. But so what I was getting is that she she was on there and the the stuff she was talking about how she escaped North Korea and the stuff that she saw in her lifespan. Like at one point in the conversation, she was talking about how she saw a kid. I guess it was a kid. It was a boy or something. But anyway, he was laying there with his intestines hanging out, like because he was just so. I guess starve it, you know, he starved to death. I don't know what it was, but anyway, she, she didn't know what compassion was. So she just was like, okay, that's just part of life and kept walking. And then it went on, like if they found a rat or a snake or something just to eat, that was part of their, like, oh man, this is the best day ever. And, but then, you know, I also, I looked more into it and I'm not, and I'm not saying she's wrong or she's lying or anything. I'm just going off what I heard from Joe Rogan, but, 
there are some discrepancies with what she's saying and her when her mom escaped North Korea that they think a lot. Or when I say they, that there are some people out there that are writing columns about how she's lying about everything she went through and how terrible it was. But but just when I watched the video of her that podcast, she, I mean, she I, I can't remember how old she is, but she literally looked like eighty pounds, maybe. You know, as a full-grown woman, and just malnutrition. So it's like there's got to be maybe there is some truth to it. But anyway, it was. I guess my point was is that, yeah. I mean, you just maybe sometimes we just don't know how good we have it. And well, we, you know, we live in a time where we are able to tell stories. And you know, I always say, you know, you read a book and you fall in love with the characters. And people, I mean, Game of Thrones is a great example. First seven seasons, eight seasons, shit the bed. <laughs> Nobody cares. But you, know, you hear about these characters and these people and you have family and friends, you get to know them and you're able to relate with their quote, story. But then you also have people that you're never related to. And you hear about, like, if I, if I tell you that somebody in Europe died of COVID, like, that sucks. That, it's a tragedy, but you move through because you don't know their story. You don't know if this was, you know, a, a single father trying to support his two kids because his wife died early. You don't know like any of the particulars because quite frankly, why would you, you can't know everyone. I think uh, the, the science supports, you can have up to 250 close acquaintances. And after that, you really start falling off, even though we're a, you know, a herd animal, as the expression goes, there's only so much you can do for the herd. And, you know, now if I said, Hey, you know, um, my brother died of COVID. He has two kids and now I've got to take care of them. Yeah. You're like, Oh man, I really feel for you. You know, my story, you're more closely connected to it. And now that's a personal part of you. But somebody's listening to podcasts that doesn't know either of us. Like I don't give a shit about those guys. I've got to go uh, you know, grab some Taco Bell. And, you know, they're just listening to it because it's part of the story. And, you know, that's ultimately all we do is we share stories. We interact with people, we create connections, we break connections and, you know, you, you listen to uh, Naomi Parks and you're like, okay, I'm suck in North Korea. All right. I've never been to North Korea. I don't know if it sucks or not. I know yeah. the rhetoric. I know. Uh, I know the interview, know, the movie. Dude, uh, that's a 100% accurate movie. Uh, there's no uh, <laughs> fabrication or over exaggeration that whatsoever. And I take that to be the gospel for North Korea. Nothing else could be different for me. Impressive. But you get what I'm saying. I do get it. I do get it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just it blew my mind. This, you know, I didn't. My my first thoughts when I was listening to that whole podcast was, like, damn. You know, I I didn't think about how life could be still like that for somebody growing up, and you know, just hoping to eat a rat or you know, not knowing. You know, I think I think her mom got raped, and she said that, and that she you know she didn't really know what was going on at the time, and just. Man, you know, and so I guess how we're kind of continuing on about how, you know, we're living in the best times of our lives. Like, you know, just one small thing, you know, obviously we don't pick who our parents are and where we're born at. And that's just, I guess, just falls in how the cookie crumbles. But just a couple small changes and all of a sudden you're, you're growing up in a completely different way. And, you know, it makes me think about how many things had to go right just for, you know, John Anderson and I to be talking tonight two things uh we had to meet we had to speak that was it oh okay it's pretty simple then. okay uh, but you know it, it's true you know um 
what what is your access? What's your ability? And it, it ties into a lot of what uh, the, the privilege conversation has been for the last two years. You know, what what is privilege? And uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to talk to people and a variety of lives or uh, I guess circumstances in their lives that have said, you know, this is what privilege is. This is, you know, what it is to be male, be white, living in America and, you know, really trying to work through like what, what is privilege and being grateful for the opportunities without having the shame and also not holding people down for the privileges that they not had. You know, it's your responsibility to shine as an individual. If you want to, you should try to do the best that you can do. Now, if you start out in a thousand meter race, 800 meters ahead, and you don't finish before someone else because you didn't do the training and the working out to do better, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you should take away from what they did. And it doesn't mean that you should, you know, exemplify yourself for being so much further ahead. It's the set of your circumstances. You need to appreciate it, but also again, not, not hold people back. And it's, that is a, another, a very long topic, but, uh, yeah, you know, you, you hear about people from other countries and, you know, uh, everyone's talking about, you know, communism, like, Oh, you know, we need to have socialism in this country. And I think everybody really doesn't want socialism. They just want the government to do a better job. And they don't more often than not, but they continue to raise taxes. So it's like, we can't do better, but we need more money. There's another group in this country that does that and other countries. It's known as organized religion. They're like, well, things suck, but we're going to need you to send that check in quick, like, and in a hurry. Hmm. But, you know, people are wanting the government to be able to step in and do more without having the government do more with what they currently have. There you go. That, uh, that doesn't look like red wine, sir. No, that was a little swig of vitamin water right there. A little, uh, little vitamin water? Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, was, I usually bring something here just so I'm not completely just trying to get hammered out here on a podcast. But no, I, I don't want to change That's move, sir. I don't um, want, want to change the vibe on that because, you know, there's a lot of different... Well, I, I wanted to call you out because um, speak, speaking of disingenuous and... You know, the government uh, organized religion, Coca-Cola and vitamin water. Uh, so Coca-Cola has vitamin water. And I didn't know that. Vitamin water is shit. It's actually not good for you at all. But it's marketed as a healthy product. Correct. And oh, shit. They, what they did is they actually went to court because people were like, this is sugar water and you're selling it as a healthy drink, WTF. And they said, oh, it's actually so ridiculous for people to think that it's healthy, that we can say these things because no reasonable consumer would think that this was a healthy product. And they won the court argument. And therefore, folks like you and myself from time to time have vitamin water. Well, is it the case with most drinks and foods that way now that they say zero trans fat or zero sugar, but it's still obviously... There's a lot, and it it basically becomes that... uh, over-exaggeration of bullshit where it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's, uh, this actually will make you lose weight. It'll uh, grow your dick and, mm, uh, women will it. flock to you. It's like, really? Oh my God, I need to have five. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, they have five of them. They have a heart attack and die. And the wife takes you to court and they're like, um, what the fuck? And they're like, no reasonable person would have thought this. What, what are they going to say? Well, you're right. My husband was an idiot. Yeah, I mean, it's well, funny. a lot of people just don't even care what they're putting in their bodies. I mean, it's just more of a fact that 
I don't care what it is. It's taste. I enjoy it. Um, it feels good while I'm eating it, and they just move on with it. Feels good. Hits the dopamine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess in, in exactly what you just said, that it releases that dopamine. You're like, man, this is the best thing I've, ever, I've ate today. And, but I like how you tie it up. You know, living in America has been becoming that whole dopamine hit. And it, it's trained in us for many, many years. And that's, you know, you wrap up, you know, what is it to live in America? You know, the advantages we have, how are we able to do podcasting, talk about our stories, be online when we hear about other people, what would we do when the apocalypse happens and all that comes together when it's really like we're put in this bubble of dopamine hits, constant, consistent dopamine hits. We want to know the next. We want to know the more. We want to be a part of it. And it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, a large part of the consumerist model. And you talked about, uh, you know, when I made that lighthearted joke about the war on drugs in Afghanistan, you know, people want to know what the next big thing is going to be uh, for our, uh, you know, yes, uh, the struggle war and the uh, the AOR, the uh, Middle East. You know, they want to get that dopamine hit for, you know, what sports team is going to be, you know, doing the best. And all that is tied with money and all of it is uh, a whole lot of things to reflect on. Better, better minds than mine to figure out. I just look at it from time to time. That seems to be a common theme of our species is that we're always trying to be, to innovate and grow and do things better. And even from, if you look back to the origin of, I guess if you want to say our spe- the species, that just seems like how far can we grow and how far is it going to take us and are we going to end up doing something that's too much you know, like you know, like we, you know, there's always going to be a new iPhone. There's always going to be a new car, always a new yeah. laptop or something. You know, faster, bigger, better, blah blah blah. But do we actually need that? I mean, do we actually need? You know, ooh, my my phone can zoom in three times farther. Do I need that? My brain says yes, but do I really need it? So you know, uh, one of the things I really liked uh, about the Japanese Olympics was. The fact that Japan used a lot of recycled parts for cell phones, things that have been uh, turned in electronics to make the metals. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Like, you know, being able to do recycling. You know, we we ultimately have a finite amount of stuff. If we're not mining asteroids, which I'm, you know what, Jeff Bezos, uh, shout out to the former CEO of Amazon. But, you know, let, let the dick wiggling and wagging and flopping continue. Let's get out into space. Let's mine some of these asteroids. Let's bring some minerals and items that we either have on the periodic table or don't in. Because right now we have a finite amount of resources. We've filled up the oceans with a abundance of trash. Sure. What is, a, what is it? There's like three or four floating... Uh, pieces of trash the size of New Jersey? Uh, there's one in the Pacific. It's the size of Texas. It's like the Great Trash Circle. That's not at Eight all. Eight million tons. But there is one off in the Pacific, and there's one guy that's trying to work yeah, to Pacific him. Garbage Patch. There you go. Yep. Pacific Garbage Patch. That he, there's, yeah. I forgot the name of him, but he's actually built a net, and he's trying to bring in all that into that net and actually use all that to, you know, for good oh. of the human population so oh, recycle it burn it you know trying to figure out what to do 
to, uh, I mean, when you, when you burn it, obviously it goes up into the air, plus the air quality. We have plants, plants consume some of it, but we keep, you know, beating around the bush for how we're taking care of all the plants. But uh, I think somebody challenged uh, Jeff Bezos in 2017 or something like, your name's Amazon, you should support the Amazon. And someone said, that's a good idea. And that was that. <laughs> what do you think about him going to space here recently? I love it. Absolutely. I, like, keep keep going, Bo. Keep going. Like, he's, like, first trip, go up there, take a look at it. He came back. He's like, oh, this is good shit. And now he's working with NASA. It's like, hey, I think you guys were a little harsh, which is, I always appreciate any time that the private consumer and the individual. Now, of course, he's wealthy, so he gets a little more publicity to do this. But I love it when people check the government on their shit. And, you know, this this should happen in any and all countries. I think, uh, you know, was it uh, Marie? It wasn't Marie Antoinette. But uh, well, who said let them eat cake? Was that Marie Antoinette? Mm, not sure. You're going to have to fact check that one. So, uh, I get, I got, I got my lap, my iPad here. Oh yeah, uh, that was. Uh, oh, dude, go go get your brain. That was Marie Antoinette. Okay, let's so, go. Uh, it was. Uh, so let them eat cake was a a misattribution, and it's uh, you know let them let them have their cake and eat it too, and it was the whole duality dichotomy, whatever you would call it, that uh, I'm failing in English which was letting people both experience the joy of what would be eating cake. But then when they're done eating, the cake would still be there. This is what the rich were doing. Sure. Basically they're able to enjoy all the fine things of life. And then when they had consumed everything, there was still more to consume because they didn't have anything to lose. And it was, uh, same made, uh, kind of got her head chopped off for it. Literally. It's kind of a thing, but Jokes aside, well, that did happen. That wasn't a joke, but she got her head chopped off. Yeah, um, Ray Antoinette. So let them eat cake was the last thing she did for. I don't. Head came right I, don't off. I don't know any of this. So, man, it's just random bullshit knowledge. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, trivia for, night comes I, up. Thank you, City High School, uh, for uh, filling my brain with uh, random factoids. But the the whole point of that was that the consumerism pulling through and saying, you know, let them eat cake. These things that allow people to just say the government's full of shit. And she was a representative of the government. Like she was royalty. She was saying this is the struggle, you know, bourgeoisie against the proletariat. That's uh, I think uh, both of those words are French. And I came from circumstances like this. So you, you get uh, Jeff Bezos went to space comes back and he tells NASA, he's like, I think you guys were, you should let private companies go into space. Because right now, a private company can't go into space without NASA's blessing. So, well, he's not in this country. So he's basically telling NASA, he's like, hey, I'm, he, he did it. it was a big dick flex. He said, I'm willing to pay $4 billion for you guys to correct your mistakes. And I'm like, my man. <laughs> like, like, there's nothing better than saying, like, you guys fucked up, but I'm going to be the bigger man and pay for you to fix it. And then you look at somebody real hard, like, now are you going to fix it? Or you don't want my money? And NASA's been struggling the last couple of years. You know, their, their funding is, you know, adequate to sustain but they're not in the growth mode so 
kind of look at it like, do we want to fix it? <laughs> and it'll be curious to see it, but I'll, I like the fact that you have now people that are willing to say, hey, I want to build a rocket ship. I want to go into space because once we start exploring space, we can start fucking up other planets, not just our own. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll just go there and do the exact same thing over again. But yeah. uh, isn't America trying to go back to the moon again? everybody's trying to go back to the moon I thought we were like there's for some reason I thought there was another space race or I've read this somewhere or heard it somewhere that like oh we gotta we gotta get back to the moon and we're trying to beat China and Russia again could be wrong on this I don't usually fact check anything I say unless you do it so Uh, I mean I love fact checking because that's honestly how well people want that because that way I don't get a a DM or something like oh you're wrong on that one like, okay, I know. Sorry. I said something stupid. It happens. So I'm seeing the space race is right now Bezos, Branson, and Musk. So it's, just, so it's just between those three that are just, let's see what we can do. Yeah. So uh, hopefully a, a nice Bloomberg article. But, you know, you get, you get these guys going in, and it doesn't matter who's the first to moon. Uh, it, was, it was America. We uh, we made the videos. Obviously, it proves it. I like how Allegedly. Neil Armstrong. Because <laughs> someone said, like, oh, you, you've never been to the moon. You're full of shit. And he just, like, punched the dude in the face. And he's in his 80s. Really? Yeah. Just, like, deck the guy. Let's and, go, Neil. I get behind that. And you get, you get people like, well, you know, if we went to the moon, why didn't we go back? Well, do you think we've been to the moon? Sure. Okay, I, I do, too. I'm just... I just want to see what your stance was on it. I, mean, I think it's fun to joke around about how, oh, yeah, it was made in a Hollywood studio and blah, blah, blah. But I really, I mean, what was it, the 60s that we went to the moon? 70s. When was J- I mean, JFK we tried, president? We tried in the 60s. Uh, uh, 69. Okay. Ooh, good number. Nice. Boom. Got him. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, that's what, what, 40, 50 years ago. So, obviously, technology's way advanced then. So, if, I feel like if we want, if we could Jesus, get to 52 the, years ago. I mean, look, look at the cars that were built in 69, which they were badass muscle cars back then. That was the old muscle car race. But look, look what we have now. You know, Tesla almost has a self driving car, basically. So, I feel like if we wanted to go. That's what you ask. Like, well, that was ahead of the game for most people like they're it, it can mostly drive itself but they've had a couple incidents and they're like eh, it's not anything past beta and i said you know i'll be honest with you how many tesla owners they are and the people that are using it you had one wreck that killed a person in two years that's not bad like, yeah, think I how mean, many people for die the- every day in an automobile accident I mean, for early stages, for early, yeah, exactly. For early stages of self-driving cars, not too bad. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the way Elon Musk, he's going. I say in our lifetime, we'll see it. What? Uh, Self-driving cars? 10 years. Oh, I was saying space race, but yeah, definitely next next 10 years for self-driving cars. And the, uh, so right now, we got to figure out how to do it. Pour me a little shot. I, my perspective, and this is me just, you know, bullshitting and carrying on. My perspective is we need to figure out how to do a two-stage event. And that is how do we get people from the Earth into orbit, like the space station, 
but it has to be like a, a very large space station, something that can take multiple craft, deliver, receive goods, and then use it kind of, you know, you take uh, modern air transportation. We have our hubs. Delta has uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, et cetera, and most other places do as well. So you have a hub. You get a space hub, and then you go out into space from said space hub. You're getting materials. You know, what is it? There's a, what's the comet made out of diamond? A lot of fact check right now. A comet made out of diamond? Yeah. I mean, you have uh, comets made out of diamond, made out of whatever. I'm trying to remember what the hell. Comets, comets tail. There's a planet made out of diamond, but it's super Earth planet. Most likely made out of diamond. Space.com. Well, anyways, you have an abundance of resources in space. You can check out and say, hey, you know, this is good, but how do you get them home? Nobody's going to take a uh, anchor bolt, strap it into a comet, and sling it into uh, sub-Saharan Africa because nothing's there. You know, but we don't have a good way of bringing materials home. So that'll be the next big thing. We'll, 10 years is probably aggressive. I'll say we'll solve for that in the next 20 to 30 if uh, we don't decide that we need to stone ourselves back or bomb ourselves back into the Stone Age. What do you think? Somebody gives you a ticket to space, you going? Depends on where. I don't know. Just what, what's oh, what's that we do with Jeff Bezos did? Just ride up there for a couple minutes and you come back down. Shit, yeah. Fuck yeah, me too, bro. I mean, absolutely. Like, but you know, you're like, hey, if someone gives you a one way ticket, are you going? Like, I don't know. Like, if I give you a one way airplane ticket, line buy in, you got the clothes on your back, you going? You could you could end up in uh, Tahiti, you could end up in Antarctica, you could end up in uh, fucking London. I mean, you could end up thirty feet away. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's um, it's, it's, it's that risk factor that oh man, well, yeah. it's like you're taking a gambling chance. You know that. Let's yeah, go. There, there's people gonna be all about it. I like that guy that paid the money and then said, "Nah, fuck it, I'm busy." That guy's a warrior. I was like, what you doing? Nah, man. You know, so here's an interesting question. So I went to uh, – shut up. The, uh, the NRV, I guess it was the fair, Dublin fair, NRV fair. Right. I, when was it? A couple weeks ago? I don't know. Right. Anyway, somebody, anyway, somebody sent me a DM. They were looking for bull riders. You didn't have to be good. Just $2,000 to ride a bull. Uh, sold. <laughs> hey, that's – and you know, and that's my – was my first thought was that – I'm, I'm in there. Like, you don't have any qualifications. You just got to be willing to ride the fucking bull. Get in and go. All right. Yeah. And then, you know, I told some people that. And they're like, no, you might die. But you also still might. I don't know how many people die in bull riding accidents. Or even if it, I don't guess it's an accident. But The bull spears you with a horn or tramples you to death. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, an easy 2G for less than eight seconds. Dude, maybe more if you're good. But. <laughs> well, if you're good, yeah, if you come out riding, it's like I'm natural, like two, baby. Two, two grand to get on, eight if I win. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, we went. I didn't obviously. I didn't ride the fucking bull, but we watched it. There, I saw one person out of, I think maybe, I was probably more than ten, less than twenty. Uh one person less than more than eight seconds. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, damn, I could have got on there and wore a helmet and fell off. Right? But <laughs> I mean, but they do, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, dude, I mean, I mean, two K, man. It's about the uh, about the chances you're willing to take, and you have to do that. You know, risk versus reward. Are you going to get on a three thousand to five thousand pound animal and say, "Hey, fuck it, I'm good." I mean, you see those guys, and they talk about you know, in their forties, their shoulders are fucked up. Like, like they get in, like you got a small left bicep, but they're wrapping the right. It's like, uh, I it's mean, like this dude could do one arm pull ups for days. I mean, I mean, that's with anything. I mean, if you, you know. You know, CrossFit gets a lot of shit for that, but with professional sports, that you, if you put your body through that amount amount of training and amount of you know hits they're taking, I mean, there's there's players now that speak on documentaries about how they can't get up in the morning without having to pop Advils or something. Right. It's just it's, well, your yeah. body's going to break down, and plus you it's like you know two cars just headbutting to get if you in a football analogy. Constantly, unless obviously you're the quarterback or the punter or the kicker, but those linemen and stuff. I mean, immediately every every other minute, another hit. So uh, wham, another minute. I think I think someone did the math because there's always someone doing the math. But uh, straight up said that having was it being hit by a professional lineman is the equivalent of being hit by an Chevy S10 going 30 to 40 miles an hour. And that's a so, small truck. It's a, well, yeah, it is a truck. It's a truck, yeah, but the, the S10 is, I think it's a mid-size one, but I was going to say, if you had, like, the full-size big boy, mm. but still, just, all right, still, so think about this, just being hit. Now, if I paid you two grand, would you stand in front of an S10 and get hit by it? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, just. What if I give you, you football pads? <sighs> That would help, but still, I don't think so. <laughs> but I right, so I mean, even think about this. Even if it's an S10 or it's one of those smart cars that look like a little turtle. So I guess I mean I don't know anything about physics, obviously, but anything going 10 miles an hour and you get hit by it, it's probably gonna hurt. I mean, just think about a baseball. When they get you know a baseball, when they throw a person will throw that a, a good pitcher might throw it 90 miles an hour. That shit stings. Oh. What is it? 90 feet away. Uh, sixty feet, ninety the, feet. The, uh, Pitchers mount to the home plate. I don't want to be hit. So if you got something, you know, I mean, that amount of mass and sixty feet. Okay, so that amount of mass and weight coming at you. Mm, I don't know, dude. Well, you know, it's. Um, I don't want. I don't want part of that. Velocity times uh, speed plus mass equals velocity. That's it. So nice. You know, you can. You can do the math, and some things hurt more or less based on that. Some things, you know, uh, throw you against the wall. Some things go through you and into the wall. I like that. Of course, that uh, that math, but you know, it goes back into: Would you go into space? Would you ride a bull? What's uh, what's the risk and reward? Now, if you grew up watching the Iron Giant, watching Star Trek, Star Wars, and the only thing you ever wanted to do was be able to see the horizon of the sun over and outside of the Earth's you know, purview. That, that's your jam, man. That's not even a question. You're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you're the kind of person that's like, I don't want to leave my apartment. No, not worth it. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's what really separates the uh, the men from the boys. Sorry if I, you know, shouldn't gender specific right there. But yeah, that's what I like to say. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to throw it down a little bit for the uh, gender specificity, which is a fake word. Uh, but sounds right to me. You know, treat people with uh, fucking respect or just be quiet. That's it. You know, there's been a lot of people talking uh, for the last two years, three years, you know, transgender rights, what it is to be a boy, be a girl, be a man, be a woman, be uh, non-binary, binary, et cetera. It's like, look, it's like when you come up to somebody, you say hello and you call them by the wrong thing. First of all, um, if someone identifies as something else, just don't be a cunt and that's non-gender specific by the way uh just just correct someone and say oh i go like this and then and only then it's the responsibility of the other person to say all right i'm not an asshole and then you go about your day that's it it doesn't matter like i mean there's been people who have looked like the other gender for thousands of years people that are you know pretty boys ugly women and of course, this is coming from me as a cisgender male, calling those two things, you know, maybe perhaps an ugly woman is a very attractive man. I don't care. The whole point is like, if you want to talk to somebody and be respectful, you will be. You'll be an asshole, you'll be an asshole. But the sensitivity therein, you know, people, people having struggles, you shouldn't deny or denounce that. But people should also understand that, you know, you introduce yourself as something and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Other people respond, and that's you know if they respond respectfully, that's fine. It doesn't. It's not gender or race or religion based. It's just open and honest dialogue between two people. And you know, either way, you can be an asshole. So don't be an asshole. Again, uh, butthole bludgeoner. Yeah, Tying that back in. You know, I agree hundred percent with you, dude. I mean, when you. When you and I and the other, when the boys are playing gears or whatever we're doing, you know, we talk shit to each other. We say stupid shit, but we're not a hundred percent meaning it. We're just saying it to be funny and be cute. Have we're having a good time. But if I did offend somebody by saying something, I would expect the same thing. Hey, I didn't like that. Please don't say that again. Blah blah. blah. Okay, that was on me. You're right. Sorry, and then move on from it. You know, you apologize but, like yeah. a fucking adult. Yeah. All right. And and that's one of the things that with you know with with today's times is that we've weaponized being offended and turned it into that, oh yeah, if you say something wrong to me, I'm not I'm immediately just gonna be offended and I'm gonna take you to court, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna start a movement, in which, okay, you have every right to do all that. I don't care. But I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying. You know, it's something so little that, okay, say if you called me, hey, Baldy, okay, whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. But we're uh, boys. Uh, we talk shit to each make other. Sweet love to that yeah. but, but still, in, in exactly what just like you said, uh, you know, all right, there, a lot of things should be a lot worse, I think, and that, okay, hey, I fucked up. I know I did. I'm taking responsibility. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And if I do do it again, all right, then punch me in the face or whatever. Sure. But and right. then, you, but you most accept the uh, the consequences there yeah, exactly. But most people who are wanting to keep doing something like that again, or they they are wanting to pick a fight, or they are wanting to start trouble. They're just wanting to cause violence. Yeah, they're they're ready for the ruckus, and that's you know we're glorifying the aggression. It's the same thing you know, I was telling you we do with sports. You know, it's that that 
observation of two entities that are coming together, but now we're able to specify to such a degree that it's like, oh, well, look at me. I was offended. I'm, I'm waving a flag. Well, what about the other guy? Well, I'm, I'm not an asshole. And now I was in fight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Street Fighter. And you know, uh, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous that people can't take a step back and say, look, you can be an asshole and I won't have anything to do with you. And you can be an asshole to other people. And then if you, let's say it's some sort of more familiar integration, like, oh, this person's an asshole and I have to see him every day because I work with him. Okay, then that needs to be taken care of by the employer. The employer's not taking care of it. Okay, fine, that goes into legal. But if you see somebody on the street and like, hey, what's up? Uh, how you doing, sir? And it's like, I identify as a female. Okay. If Now, if you keep saying, well, sir, I'm sorry, I think you're a dude, hey, you're an asshole. No. If you're like, oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, ma'am, you have a great day. Yeah. You know, that, then, you know, you're acting as a rational adult. These are not the cases that were coming up that people are doing. They're, it's the same way that the Wilkesboro Baptist Church made a shitload of money. Like, Wilkesboro Baptist Church would go out and they'd say, uh, God hates the fags at, um, you know, gay rights parades. And somebody would get upset, legitimately offended because they're saying that everything they believe is wrong. They go out, they'd punch someone. Well, the Westboro Baptist Church was legal as fuck. So Damn. they'd be like, oh, they assaulted me. I'm expressing freedom of speech. And so they made money. That was actually their business model. They didn't care whether or not they went out and it's like, uh, the troops are homosexuals and they're going to hell at, you know, when people were flying in from, you know, various points of duty and they're coming, I haven't seen their, you know, wife and kids for anywhere from six months to two years or more. And they're like, I hate you and you're the devil. And, you know, they get punched in the face and like, I sue you. And then they make a ton of money. Like it was a legitimate business strategy. But, uh, you know, just don't be a dick. You don't have to be. If you... If you are, be funny or good at it. I mean, I mean, we're, we're human. I mean, I fuck up all the time. But, I mean, I really enjoy people who, when I, I guess I don't say I enjoy people, but that call me out or just say, hey, or, or they're straight up with me and just say, hey, man, you fucked up. I didn't like that. Or, you know, you should do it this way. Or maybe maybe not do it this way is probably a bad example. But just be straight up with me on how you're feeling instead of hide in the shadows and... You know, you're offended, but you won't tell anybody. But then I keep continuing to make mistakes. So, yeah, right. I mean, just, just, and, and, and I'm one, I, I will take responsibility for it. And I think that's what more of what our society needs right now. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm offended, I'm going to get on Twitter and talk about it and let's get about it. Just, hey, man, I fucked up. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, you're one of my good friends as long as everybody who we, you know, we play video games with. And yeah, you know, sometimes we get over the line and we say shit, but it's all in good fun and we don't mean it. We're a little ignorant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all, and plus, you know, we're all, you know, halfway drunk on there half the time anyway. Half to three quarters <laughs> Or fully blown. But again, but I would just, you know, just, hey, man, just, just open up to me and just say, hey, 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 Chris, you fucked up on that one. Put that one back. Yep. Then exactly what we just said. All right, my bad, dude. John, I'm sorry. Let's move on. But still, at, then at the end of the mind. day, I would shake your hand and we move on. And then I know for the rest of my life, hey, that's where we draw the line. Yep. And we're good. 
That's it. We're good. I'm not going to go over there and befriend you just because – or defriend you. Befriend you? Defriend you? Defriend. Yeah. Just because, yeah, he's so – You got to know how to push that button. Un- <laughs> unfriend, defriend, depending on which platform you're using. But, I mean, shit happens, man. I mean, even the way, you know, you know, bullying and stuff growing up, you know, I went through some of that too. And just, you know, if, yeah, I mean, it changes a person. human being that went through and didn't agree with everything that was being told? Yeah. Just – I don't know. Maybe maybe that's some bad points that I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make this a lot more philosophical than maybe what I am. But yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the point is, you know, don't be so damn thin-skinned. Yeah. You know, stand stand your ground for what's important to you. Like yeah. no one should say, "Oh, hey, um, you identify as this. You shouldn't." You know, suck it up, Buttercup. Like no, like stand your ground for where you are, but don't be so sensitive for people that are either ignorant or trying to do better. That you just bite their heads off. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you know the uh, the war on race and religion. You know, wasn't won by people saying we well, are fucking idiot dying of fire because you don't agree with me. It was won by people saying, hey, you know, this isn't who I am. I actually, this is this is what I'm about in education. So superior education and understanding and patience and people not being assholes is what you know get you to a better cohesive society. Which is what gets you into space and mining mm-hmm. things and gets you coming back to creating a better library of Alexandria. And then, of course, quite frankly, I'm still going to bludge in buttholes. Buddy, it's <laughs> been an uh, absolute pleasure chatting with you. Love it. And uh, I'm going to continue to do it at least once a month if I can, twice if I can't. Let's so, go, bro. Yeah. Um, so, by any means, I know uh, your Instagram is Big John Dub. Is it seven? Big John Dub seven? Or Big John Dub? Right. Yeah. Big John W. So if anybody wants to yell at you, uh, what do they do? What do they get at you besides that? Or or you start, you start some new, some new craziness? Uh, you getting some new stuff going on in the future? So uh, we'll try to get some shelf and uh, I'll uh, link in and let you know. You know, obviously I'm trying to do the podcasting thing. Uh, working with a couple of friends of mine, being able to set up a show. Of course, we're going to integrate, you know, bring on a friend of mine. His name is Chris Sheeler, you know, let him uh, talk from time to time, get some inputs and invite from him. Uh, but I'm pretty excited, you know, being able to bring that around, bring in some of the uh, gaming, streaming, stuff like that. So some of these innovative and uh, delirious and somewhat ignorant nights. So, on, uh, so you're going to go like Saturdays. best of all the worlds right there with podcasting yeah. and streaming and sampling, you know, just uh, I like that. provide people what they want what they don't want, what they need, what they don't need, you know, let them figure it out. Because you know what? That is the only thing you can do as an adult. Also, figure out what you want. Also, final thoughts on that. I know you've been generous with your time right here, but I went and saw Free Guy last night. Or oh, shit. So it's out. All right. Yeah, it was in theaters. So uh, me and my brother, or my brother and I went and saw it uh, yesterday afternoon, something like that. Shout out to the last podcast. Yeah. Glad you had him on. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Shit angle, though. I couldn't see his face. Yeah, we... Uh, I fucked up my iPad when I was trying to record that. So I forgive you this one time. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. Like I, I, we had it, and then I don't know what happened, but when I pressed record, the whole camera flipped, and I didn't realize it until the end. But anyway, uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, saw Free Guy, and that they had a lot of uh, Ninja was in the the movie, and there was a couple other. I think a thousand thieves. Whoever the main guy is there, right? Um, and then that Pokey main, some girl. She's a big Twitch streamer. So they incorporate a lot of that to the movies now. And I was impressed. Dude, I mean, they're celebrities. Yeah, they are. 
you know, uh, Kat, Catherine Zeta-Jones, beautiful woman. A lot of people followed her in the 90s and early 2000s, and she made movies. But, you know, you think about people like, oh, you know, like 7 million people like Catherine Zeta-Jones. And at the time, you know, she didn't have the platforms to reach out to people. Facebook was still new, things like that. But now you're talking about people that are reaching out. You know, I think Mr. Beast out of North Carolina has 66, 70, you know, as a matter of fact, I'll, I will Google that. Is that where he's – he's in North Carolina? Dude, he's a North Carolinian. And uh, we're going to see Mr. Beast, American YouTuber. Um, yeah, he just launched his philanthropic efforts. So he has a channel that's all about philanthropy, which is pretty awesome. But he had – what is that? Uh, I don't give a shit. Just tell me – dear YouTube, tell me what it is I want to know. But he had – last time I checked – was uh, videos on YouTube. So I want to I see how many followers he has now. So it's 66.7 million subscribers. 66.7 million subscribers, Mr. Beast. How many people live I, in America? 320? Uh, 400K? A million? Jesus, my K. Uh, Hey, stop. No. Uh, 333.172 is a Sunday, August 15, 2021. Based on the worldometer. So he's like, like a fifth of America following him? Yup. Well, a fifth of the world because, you know. Wait, what's what's world population? Like 7 billion? It used to be 7. Let's see what it is. And I'm not linking these because, quite frankly, people can do it. Dude, 7.8 bill. So almost 8. eight. Ooh. Damn. Well, no, uh, shout out to Mr. Beast, dude. dude um, so at that rate, that means he's uh, 0.001%, but still. That's a million. Dude, that's actually, no, that's almost 1%. Nearly 1%. That's ridiculous. He has the 1% following him. He, he is the 1%. Um, <laughs> Just him. You think about that, and it's pretty cool that someone from uh, you know nearby is able to reach out and do those things and grow. And he talks about how you know he didn't grow up or blow up until he was like a couple hundred videos in. But now people are watching him. He's doing things that make him feel good, that support his community. And just, uh, it's a positive outlook from someone who is able to just, you know, basically from the ground roots, you know, grassroots. That's the word I kept looking for. Grassroots. Yeah. So, buddy, keep well, it real, keep it honest. It has been, again, an absolute pleasure. Again. And... We'll chat again uh, for sure again uh everybody look out for my man jonathan anderson gonna be doing big things in the future um he'll let us Fair know day. he'll let us know more in the future his handles and everything when he starts it up obviously um he'll be on here again and we'll chat some more and uh oh, yeah. i think i think we covered a lot of shit tonight it's a, it's a it was a good one you let me ramble man appreciate it dude i, I mean it's it's good like uh, we touched on some topics that i always feel that I get a little nervous about talking about and because of what I don't, it's part of that, a little, a little anxiety, like, Ooh, but 
you know, what do people want to think? Well, yeah, we're spicy shit. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this, to actually talk about some spicy shit. And, yeah, and then, you know, because if people love it, cool. If you don't, then stop listening to it. But uh, but it also helps me grow as a person, like we talked about earlier in the podcast. So Growth. Personal growth is the key. Okay. So let's take it home on that. Uh, personal growth is the key, ladies and gentlemen, and all folks who are binary, non-binary, and all that good stuff. Um, John gave you all this stuff and information to look forward to. Uh, I think we're I think we're good on that. Let's, let's take it home, bro. We're in, we're out. All right, you're the man. Thank love, you, sir. Love you, appreciate it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.